from round the corner to your street and neighbourhood. This is Pablo for breakfast. Chat in TV and movies, getting you ready for the weekend. King of the Nerds, Adam Ross, is back with us. Adam, good morning. Good to be here, Pablo. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, for me, will forever be known as that Will Smith movie, but they've turned it into a TV series. Does it stack up? Uh, yeah, look, it really, really does now. I think, you know, that we have kind of got, you know, there has been a history of repurposed um, franchises and IP not quite sticking and, you know, and being a little bit dodgy, you know. But, I mean, this uh, reimagining of that concept of, you know, of two assassins masquerading as a married couple here, uh, you know, starring Donald Go- uh, Glover and Maya Erskine is, well, A, it's really, really slick. Um, It's got incredibly kind of punchy action. And, you know, what really makes this thing stick is that they've got uh, incredible chemistry. So I can understand, you know, like, because you're dealing, well, I mean, I was talking to someone about this earlier today. Uh, Outside of Richard Burton, you know, and Elizabeth Taylor, has there been ever a bigger couple in celebrity history than Brangelina? You know, Mm. so like, I mean, and, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith is the thing that, uh, that launched that. So I guess that you would... Um, you you know, you wouldn't be wrong to think that this is some kind of, you know, television, B-grade, blah, 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 you know, you know, repurposing. But it is, yeah, this is a really high-end production. It's suspenseful. It's funny. It's well-written. Donald Glover has been developing this for quite a while. And, you know, and I think even from his community days and obviously with his music for, you know, Childish Gambino, he's definitely, you know, he's got the essence of a superstar and he's definitely been, you know, probably waiting just for that certain kind of delivery package. And I really feel like this series straight away is that's it for him. You know, like, I mean, yeah, this is really, really good stuff. Now, can I tell you a secret? I listened to the, I don't know if you know this, but there's a podcast series of this which was bonkers, and I was like, wow, this would make a great (laughs) true crime documentary, right? And fair enough, there were some Netflix people that probably listened to it as well. Uh, We can now stream it. I cannot wait to get into this over the weekend. Well, look, mate, this is your whole weekend. You know, this is, is, I mean, you and I talk about these things all the time. I mean, I find, um, you know, I mean, I'm only one episode into, into this one. Uh, but I find this already to be incredibly disturbing. Um, that's just even on an aesthetic level because it's got these heavily modulated voices that are like, can I tell you a secret? And it's kind of like, you know, because it is about, you know, uh, identity theft and fraud. And, you know, I, I think that this gets into very similar t- territory to of the Tinder swindler in the regard that, you know, I... I don't think that we can get around the issue at the centre of this is that we are currently living in an attention economy. People are addicted to social media. They are addicted to, uh, you know, projecting the greatest elements of their lives. They are addicted to uh, projecting the best versions of their bodies in ways, um, you know, and the, the thing is, is that when you do cast a net that wide for attention, you don't always get to control where that attention comes from. You know, so like if you make a public post about something, you would hope that it would go to the right, you know, recipients. But now and then there are people that, you know, that you get attention from that you don't like that, um, you know, that you do have bad history with or, uh, you know, you know, God forbid, nefarious. And so with this, uh, you know, I mean, and, and the talking head principles, the girls involved in this, they basically, you know, they were living Instagram lives in this way that they love telegraphing to the world, you know, their Ibiza holidays, you know, like um, their fitness regimes and all these elements. And they really, lo- and they felt, you know, this sense of connection to their followers. But once it curdled into something very dark and sinister, which this does, um, you know, it's, it is, it's very disturbing because, you know, I think that there are a lot of people out there that don't play that game, mm-hmm. that don't have a lot of sympathy for people u- utilizing social media. Like, 
I, you know, I would almost, you know, say that influencers are probably the least sympathetic group, subgroup on the planet <laughs> at the moment. You know, like, I mean, people like seeing things happening almost to influencers and going, you know, that serves you right for not having a real job. But, mm. you know, these they are real people and they have got real concerns and, they are, and there are real dangers uh, to their safety. So watching, you know, yeah, something like this is... You know, yeah, it's you know. I, some people would say, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. But you know, I mean, these these girls were just going along their lives and encountered, you know, yeah, this very very bad element. So I already gripping gripping stuff. Now speaking of playing games, Gran Turismo was a game originally, and when I did ten seconds of research, I found out that it started being developed back in two thousand and thirteen. It's taken over ten years for this movie to get to us. Was it worth a ten year wait? Well, look, we all know that the bar for video game to film adaptations is incredibly low, right? You know, I think that the recent HBO series, The Last of Us, is probably the best one that we've ever had, you know, and then we've got some serious, serious shockers that, you know, no one ever wants to talk about, you know, Super Mario Brothers with Bob Hoskins, mm-hmm. you know, but... Um, but Gran Turismo here is elevated uh, mainly by the involvement of Neil Blomkamp, that is the uh, South African director who gave us District 9. You know, so um, he's a good, you know, visual technician. He's got a really good effects. And so this is a very formulaic kind of workmanlike, you know, coming-of-age movie. It has got some spectacular racing sequences in it. Uh, David Harbour is, is offering great support here as well. So, I, you know, I just thought it was... Um, it was better than I thought, and I'm, you know, I ride a push bike, as everyone knows. I'm not the car guy, and and like, and I like video games, but racing games have never really been my thing. But I think that now that this has arrived on the streaming platforms, uh, you know, and you've got your 75 inch nice TV, it does, it sings pretty well in that, and it's pretty easy Friday beer and pizza entertainment. Now the holdovers is out on the streamers. Well, I've been telling people to run off to the cinemas to go and see this, but as we all know, in this new kind of, uh, you know, uh, streaming economy, you don't have to leave the house anymore. So you can see this Oscar-nominated film that stars Paul Giamatti here. He's a curmudgeonly uh, professor who is working out of school and he's stuck with a bunch of unfortunate kids that can't go home for the holidays. And so this is directed by Alexander Payne, who I think is probably the best kind of modern cinematic purveyor of regret. He's made movies like about Schmidt and Sideways before this. And so, you know, watching this feels very kind of novelistic in its approach, in the way that we slowly grow to understand these characters and understand their, um, their resentments, you know, and, by the end, we feel like we fully know them and that they're fully formed. And so, I mean, there's a lot of heat on the acting performances here for the Academy Awards that are coming up soon. And it's just got a very kind of old school character driven vibe to it that I really appreciated and felt, you know, it's kind of the antithesis of, you know, basically Gran Turismo. This <laughs> is what I said. So, you know, I mean, if you were to do both in a double feature, you're probably the most sophisticated, uh, you know, cineast that I would know. But, you know, they scratch these different itches. And I just, I hadn't seen a film like this for a very long time that took its time, was patient, and by the end I felt deeply rewarded for my attention. Some great recommendations to sink our teeth into over the weekend. Adam, always good to chat. We'll see you next week. My pleasure. The feel-good start to your day. This is Pablo for breakfast. It's